Take your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 5, 11 through 14. I'm going to feed you some strong meat. Actually, I'm going to go in some direction. I'm going to go back to the first principles of the oracles of God. I'm going to feed you some milk. I'm also going to feed you some meat today and say some things hard to be uttered. And so hopefully by the grace of God, he'll come, the Holy Spirit will come and teach us. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11 to 14. Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered. You may want to circle and underline these words, hard to be uttered. Why? Seeing ye are dull of hearing. For when... For the time, you ought to be teachers. So he's talking to a group of people that are saved, obviously. He says, you, you, by the time, by this place in your Christian experience, you should be teaching. You have need that one teach you again. That means they had been taught before. Which are the first principles of the oracles of God or the word of God. And are become such as have need of milk and not a strong meat. They have regressed. If you had a child... And at five years old, they were still unable to walk. You would be concerned for them, would you not? This is what he's talking to. He's talking to people that are, let's just say in our, in our language, are five-year-olds, but they're acting like one-year-olds. There's a lot happens between five and one. And if you don't have a progression in your spiritual life and a growth in your spiritual life and a maturity in your spiritual life, then you are in trouble. Something's wrong with you. We would immediately take our child to a doctor. Say, doctor, so you'd do that before they were five. If they didn't walk by the time they were a year and a half, two, you'd be deeply troubled and take them to all kinds of medicine and medical people and say there's something wrong. Or they weren't, maybe they weren't talking until they were two. It's interesting that young girls talk before boys. All the men said. You're dull of hearing, I can tell that. For when, and are become as those that have need of milk, not strong meat. For everyone that useth milk, and he, you know, there's a comparison going on to the spiritual, physical, spiritual, physical, spiritual, physical going on in this passage. He's paralleling them. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he's a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are full age, even to those who by reason of use, and I want you to circle that or underline that, reason of use, have their senses exercised. And this is going to be the key phrase here, and the key verse of all these three is verse 14 here. To discern between both good and evil. In other words, you know the difference between good and bad. You say, I know the difference between good and bad. No, you don't. Not like you think you do. If you inundate yourself in the Word of God and are taught by the Holy Spirit as you inundate yourself in the Word of God, the oracles of God, He will teach you. Maturity has been able to know the difference between good and evil. You say, well, I know the difference. That's just your ego talking. Everybody's got a big ego. Oh, I got, but the truth is, do you really know the difference between good and evil? If you do, biblically speaking, you're mature. If you do not, you're immature. And it's not on a, uh, uh, 
on off. It's a scale of one to ten. We don't grow like I'm going from immature to mature. We grow, you know, I'm a one and I'm a two and I'm a three and I'm a four and a five and six and seven. You grow. Grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's a growing process, but you should be progressing in your spiritual growth. This is a rich passage, some good common sense for those who want to finish well. It says there, it says there in that verse uh, uh, one, I have many things that are hard to be uttered, hard to be uttered. As a preacher, I've spent much of my preaching life saying things that are hard to be uttered. You say, preacher, is it hard to preach against sin? Yes. Is it hard to call out the worldliness in your congregation? Yes. It offends people. It upsets people. Babies get upset and run out the door. They leave. They don't come back because they can't take the meat. They can't take it. So you try to somewhat make it where they can digest it, make it in a milk form, if you want to put it, as the passage puts it. But the same token, you can't starve out the folks that are mature. you got to give them meat. So a preacher's job is, is multiple. It's been able to hand meat out to those who can eat it and yet hand milk out to the babies so they don't choke. Don't try to give a one-year-old kid ribeye. They won't be able to do it. But eventually they get teeth, and they can eat the first piece of ribeye with granulated fat. Unless you visit Elvis's doctor. Now, who is Elvis's doctor? That's a doctor who will just do what you want him to do for you. That's what Elvis had. He had him a doctor all paid off, and he'd just prescribe him anything he wanted to prescribe. I think Michael Jackson had the same thing. He, he basically bought a doctor, and you see how that worked out for him. But unless you visit Elvis's doctor, you're going to get some things that are hard to be uttered and aren't going to run across you. Just so you're not going to be so happy to hear them. If you go to church and the preacher says something that you're not happy with, glory to God, you may be grow, you may be able to grow. I don't want my preacher to get up there and patty cake, patty cake, baker, baker's man me. I want him to preach the whole counsel of God. Let me, I may have to spit some of it up. I ain't been able to take it yet. You go to the doctor. <coughs> Sadly, I've had to go to the doctor quite a bit in my life. And, uh, but it's God's way of maturing me. And so, but when you go to the doctor, I mean, they almost got a pre-recording that goes on. They hit a button and says, you need to exercise and lose weight. How many here have been to a doctor and heard that? Now, come on, you're lying to yourself. Oh, you got to exercise and lose weight. That's just good common sense. They give you good common sense. You go, oh, you got to exercise. People with sleep apnea, I hate to tell you this, but if you go to the Internet, now you can Google anything. You go on the internet, if you got sleep apnea, it's the first thing on the list of how to overcome sleep apnea. First thing on the list, lose weight. Somebody came to me a while back, had sleep apnea, and was crying to me about spending 5000 bucks on the machine. I said, I got the cure. And he looked at me like, what? I said, I got the cure. No appointment, no money. I got the cure. He says, really, man, preacher, tell me. I said, lose 100 pounds. You'd have thought I slugged him in the gut. You'd have thought I hit him in the head with a brick. Oh, oh, I said, well, I mean, go on the Internet. They're going to tell you you lose 100 pounds, probably cure your sleep apnea. 
Now that's words hard to be uttered and maybe a little harder to receive. Why? Because people are dull, purposefully, by the way, resistant of hearing. They don't want to hear something. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. Why? They have a habit. And for some of you that read much, a bad hobbit. They have a bad habit. They do. They got in a habit, and they got in a groove. Most of you today are in a groove. In fact, all of you today are in a groove, a life groove. Now, this groove is deep with high sides. Uh, the walls on this groove you're in are high and hard to be overcome. The problem with many of you is you're in the wrong groove. You're in a groove. That's a habit of life. You're in it. You say, I don't have it. Oh, you got habits. You got habits. You formed habits over a period of time. You've decided on their, and most of the time they're comfortable to you. So the problem is that many people have bad habits. And our text uses this phrase by reason of use. You could translate by reason of habit. You could translate it that way, not doing any harm. It says, by reason of use, by reason of habit. They have their senses exercised. They, they have their senses, in this particular case, in a positive way, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. If you mature, if you mature as a Christian, it will be because you want to, because you decide to, and because you're willing to suffer some pain to get where you need to go. I'd be lying to you if I told you to become a mature Christian is an easy path. It's opposite. What did Jesus say? Narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. Look, the word straight is the gate. It means it pushes on you and causes you to have to squeeze and causes you some inconvenience and causes you some pain. I told you I've had a lot of physical trouble. That is God exercising me. I'm in God's gym program. I want to be what he wants me to be. So honest, in shape, productive Christians don't just happen. Take that home. Don't just happen. Our text shows us how they are made. The problem, but there are some problems today in getting where these folks should have gotten, or in some words, about in verse 14 there. Uh, many here are happy with the wrong groove and don't want to hear what I'm saying. That's number one. Just like when you go to the dock and he tells you to do this and do that, and you ignore him. I've been guilty of this. I had a doctor one time told me to quit caffeine. Can you believe that? I got AFib. He said, you got to quit caffeine. I mean, you might as well rip my guts out and display them. I love caffeine. Caffeine's a wonderful thing. Hot cup of coffee in the morning. How many drink coffee in the morning? God bless you, we're family. He said, you can't have caffeine. He calls it poking the bear. You're just going to increase your potential for AFib, which increases your potential for a stroke. And I said, ah, but I like, but I like caffeine. I really like caffeine. What difference does it make what I like? 
nothing. It makes a difference what is right. He said, if you want to live, you don't want to have AFib. I mean, I may be adding to a little of those words. Don't do caffeine. But how about if I just do four ounces of Mountain Dew in the morning? Don't do it. I didn't like what he said. And I'm going to tell you the same thing happens when we read the Bible. You read the Bible. The Bible says this, the Bible says that, and you go, oh, but I don't like that. I like what I'm doing. I like the way I'm living, the groove you're in, this habit thing called habit that you're in. Number two, the second problem is many here are desiring a mature life in Christ but simply cannot seem to connect the dots. You want the mature life in Christ. You see the benefit of the mature life in Christ. You look at some of these older people and you say, man, that's the way I want to become. I want to become as a Christian like them where they're solid and can't be shaken off no matter what the tribulations come by. I want to be able to meet God and be happy to see him and him happy to see me. (laughs) They want it, but they can't seem to connect the dots on how to get it. They, They have attended and we have offered spiritual exercise videos at this church. What are those? Well, it's the Basic Life Seminar. Those are like spiritual exercise videos. We, we've, we've had you read spiritual exercise books, like The Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozier, or The Green Letters, or many of these other books that we recommend to you. By the way, I recommend these books to you that I know will transform you if you listen to them and you don't even pick them up and read them. You're so lazy, I can't even believe it. You're going to get what you deserve. You need to listen. I am a spiritual doctor. I know something of where you need and the food you need and how you need. And I tell you, and you look at me like I'm on outer space, man. I had a guy tell me, I said, you need to memorize scriptures. I had a guy years ago tell me, I can't memorize. I never finished a book and I don't read well. Oh, that was a lot of smoke screen. After I drank like this and got through all the smoke, I says, you're lying to yourself. You're an average intelligent individual, and you can read and you can memorize. He says, I've never done it. I said, you can do it. I've never done it. You can do it. Wasn't quite that way, but you know. (laughs) Doc, you ever felt like grabbing somebody by the shirt and just going like this? You can do it. Probably lose a patient. But guess what happened? He started memorizing a verse a week out of the deck of cards. And they started coming up my Sunday school class, and he'd quote them in Sunday school class. I said, oh, that's good accountability. Wait a minute. Accountability? Woo! Doggies, you know somebody's serious when they'll get up here and quote a verse before all you people. Now, this wasn't here. This was years ago. And he quote, he memorized all the whole deck of cards, 175 verses back then, I believe it was, quoted them word perfect. He read his Bible through. He read his Bible through in one year. And from that point on, he's been reading his Bible through, and he's many years, that's been many years ago, soul winner, mature. 
We have the we have the educational material and exercise machines here at Gospel Baptist that you need. And if you do what we ask you to do, you may become another Paul the Apostle. At least you're going to become better in your Christian life. I knew a family one time, they were really into exercise. They had rowing machines and skiing machines and running machines and bicycles and Bowflex machine. Uh, and, and this wheelie thing that had a wheel and two handles that when you do it, it about kills your back. And if owning machines to exercise were all that was needed, this family would have been Mr. and Mrs. America with a few more wrinkles. Guess what? They were out of shape. Why? They thought buying machines was where it was at. Having a lot of Bibles around the house is wonderful, but it'll, you'll still be immature if you don't use them. My wife one time wanted a bicycle machine. She begged me for it. I mean, I made her, I made her go like a year and a half of begging. I mean, once in a while, I'd come around and say, I want a bicycle machine. I want a bicycle machine. I know you women are upset about that, that I'm the man of the house, but I am. And I said, no, you're not going to get it because you're never going to use it, never going to use it, never going to use it. You'll use it. She said, I promise you I'll, I'll, I said, so she got the machine, drove 130 miles because, you know, they got those little counters on them. And that 130 miles stayed on there for five years. <laughs> we used to hang clothes on it. That was a great place to hang your shirt when you brought it in, take your coat off and hang your coat on that thing when you got in. Pretty soon I told her, what are we doing with this bicycle here? And she says, give it away. Wasn't five years later she wanted a, a, a one of those skiing machines where they go like this, you know? And so I bought one of them. I think maybe Cronin gave me that machine. I don't know. The machine you gave me, you gave me two machines. Guess what? You know the outcome. I gave them away. Number third, the third problem I see is a problem is lack of productive purpose in exercising. Exercising is so boring, preacher. And everybody said, oh, it is terrible. Your mind will atrophy while you're exercising if you're not careful. I see so many people start exercising. They become bored. They don't want to ride a in-place bicycle. They don't want to ride a real bicycle. To, and by the way, I agree with you. It's very, very dangerous. And what ends up happening for is many start exercising. They just quit. And all that's left are $200 pair of shoes, new gym outfits, and unwanted spandex exercising clothes. That's all they got left. Our failure in normal physical life can help us succeed with spiritual exercise. That's why I've spent so much time in that. I'm trying to give you a parallel because the Bible in this passage, 11 through 14, gives a real clear parallel between the physical and the spiritual. He said this happens physically, this also can happen spiritually. A few years ago, I told my wife we were going to run. We're going to start running. I was, I, was in my, I was 40, actually, 40 years old. 40 midlife crisis. Midlife means you're going to live to 80. So anyway, midlife crisis, and I told her, we need to run, we need to run. And so guess what happened? She began to argue with me against it. 
she saw that I was serious and progressed to telling me she was just simply too busy to do it. And when that didn't work, she just looked at me and she said, she said I am not going to do it. So I did my normal and told her she was going to do it if it killed her to shut up, gut up, and come with me. And my statement was, Oogla, we ride. So you pray for her. So with a poor attitude, she set off with me to start jogging the first day. I'll never forget the first day we jogged. I went down the road to Three Oaks sidewalk, and we began to, we began to jog. I said, I'll tell you what, I'll jog with you. I couldn't jog that slow. Her jogging was my walk. And so I said, I can't stay with you. I got to jog on my own speed. So she jogged her own. And that first time, that first day, she jogged one quarter mile and was totally out of breath. Could not go any further. Now, I said, see, you're in bad shape. For a 40-year-old woman, you can only jog a quarter mile at your speed, which is a walking speed. I mean, her jogging was like this. Her leg moved a lot, but she didn't move. And I said, if you, if you spread those out, it may be a little easier on you. But she said, no, I don't. Well, now look, folks, folks. That whole thing ended two years later with her running two miles. Kicking it at the end, feeling good. She had more energy to work. She felt good about herself. She had accomplished something. She had matured. And the best of all, she could eat junk food and feel good about it. What God says here in Hebrews is what's best for you. You will be happier as a mature Christian spiritually than a baby spiritually. Babies cry a lot. Babies poop themselves. Babies burp, or I would say puke. Babies are a mess. Do you want to stay that way spiritually? Oh, I'm having so much pain. Could it be that you're immature? That God wants you to grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ so that you'll get out of that stage of of, of wetting yourself and pooping yourself and, and slobbering all over the place. You can put a two-year-old at the table, and they have a two, three-foot influence of food and junk because they don't know how to put the food in their mouth. Is that the way you want to stay? But you will stay that way if you don't exercise yourself. The word exercise there is the word in the Greek, gumnazo. I wonder what that sounds like. Gym. Where we get our word gym. Go to God's gym, man. Get serious about it. And in a year or two or three or four of doing what God wants you to do, you're going to notice that you have less pain ultimately. And the pain you do have. Let me say this. When I ran, I had pain. But when I was mature and running, I'd think nothing about it. You go right through. You run through the pain, they say. You don't stop at it. Here's what's best for you. I got, I got where I, I got, where I wasn't happy if I didn't run. I know that sounds crazy. How do you know you're mature or maturing spiritually? Well, let me give you something here. Do you feel right when you did not read or listen to your Bible for a week? 
These are test questions. Don't raise your hand up and don't answer. But do you feel right when you go a week without reading your Bible? If you do, you're a baby. If you're mature, two days, one day, you ain't going to feel right about it. Why? Because your groove in reading your Bible has, be, has been it's matured down to a groove where if you don't do it, you don't feel right about it. Number two, do you feel right when you do not share the gospel with somebody through either tracts or word or somewhere or another? You don't share the gospel with somebody in a while. Does that bother you? If it doesn't, you're still a baby. Still drinking milk. Because that bothers spiritually mature people. Do you feel right when you do not attend church services, Sunday school, prayer meeting, what's what's available, uh, and read, read beside that? Does it bother you? If it doesn't, you're immature and maybe maturing, but you're still not quite to the mature level where where I've had people come in and say, Brother, when the doors, when the door hinge squeaks, we'll be at church. Typically, that is a sign. That's typically, not always, because just going to church doesn't make you mature. But if you're mature, you'll want to go to a Bible preaching, Bible believing place where God is lifted up and the Holy Spirit is, is, is there and lifted up, and God, you're going to want to do that. Do you feel right when you do not tithe or give offering or income? 16 years old, I started tithing. I got my wife, my wife, my mother told me it was the right thing to do. I'd heard it preached, and I'd read enough of the Bible by 16 to know it was right. And I made, back, you won't believe this, but I worked on the railroad at 17 years old, 18 years old, and I was making 600 bucks a week in 1968. That was a lot of money. And when I wrote that check for $60 to the church, that was a lot of money. I just, how much was it? People were still making two bucks an hour. That was $80 a week. With the taxes, they cleared $60. And I was tithing 60 bucks. Because when I worked on the railroad, they just paid you too much. I thought about, man, that's $60. I could buy a brand new 1969 Camaro SS. Muncie transmission. Do you feel right when you go a day without talking to Jesus? Praying for missionary deacons, pastors, friends, praying for folks, neighbors, government, etc. These are some. By the way, these are just the foundational things. These are the these are the principal things. That by reason of use, by by ingraining, getting to be a habit. You say, well, brother Bill. I'm not going to leave you, by the way, without telling you how to do this. How long does it take to form a good habit? It's been said by the people who know more than I know that it takes about 40 days. Isn't it interesting that 40 days is big in the Bible? 40 days of use to make it a habit. Now, I personally think that some people take a little longer and some people take a little, maybe a little shorter. But when you've done something 40 days in a row, I'm going to ask you, don't raise your hand. How many of you brush your teeth? How many of you floss your teeth? I cut down. I cut down to a smaller group. Why? First of all, they don't believe flossing their teeth is going to help them. That means you don't believe the people who do dental work every day. I remember when I started flossing my teeth. I hate, flossing is a filthy habit. When you floss, you bing, you throw stuff. 
bang, you throw pieces of food all over the place. I tell my wife, we cannot floss in the truck. There is no flossing in my truck. And we should get that. I say, no, no flossing in the truck. But I finally one day after 30 years going to the dentist believed him. I said, I'm going to begin to floss. I hate it. I'm not, and it, I remember how hard it was for me when I tried to floss. I tried to floss. And then, but you know, after what? I cannot come to you this morning and be with you people if I don't floss. It's, it's just true. I can't. I, I, I just don't. I don't. If I somehow forget to floss at home and I don't, and I come here, I got floss in my office. I run in my office real quick and floss in my office because I have to floss to be right. I got my teeth. How you doing? What on, you know what I'm saying? No different. No different than that dentist telling me to floss and this preacher telling you to read your Bible. But I tell you this, I learned that once you ingrain that habit, it would be hard for me to quit flossing. It would be hard for me to quit brushing my teeth. It would be hard for me to quit showering every day. It would be hard for me to quit wearing deodorant. When I was in the hospital, you know one of the worst things in the hospital? The ward, I was on a stroke ward for four days. They don't allow you to bathe. You cannot bathe on, the, on a stroke ward. I said, I'm taking a shower. And she goes, no, you're not. I thought I could whip her. I looked at her. I think I can take you. I said, I'm getting in that shower. She said, you're not getting in that shower. She said, we don't allow stroke people to get in a shower. I said, I didn't have a stroke. She said, we don't know that. You're not getting in the shower. You're on a stroke ward. Don't make me call for help. I'd seen some of them orderlies. I thought, that guy's going to cuff me, stuff me, tie me down to the bed, man. I, so I said, okay. But man, was I miserable. Four days without a shower. I felt greasy, grimy. I brushed my teeth and I flossed. Because I had to, I'm in the groove. Are you developing a good spiritual habit of life? That's what that passage is saying. So the babies haven't developed this groove, but the mature people have developed this groove. And if you'll develop the groove like, like these mature people develop these groove, and you'll do the most principal things, the most easiest things that you can do as a Christian with the, some of the things I've named here, and there are others, of course, then you will, you will begin to exercise yourself into a place of maturity, and you will be able to grow, and you will be able to do these things. Nobody's going to have to tell you to do it. You'll do it. And nobody will stop you from doing it by the grace of God. That's maturity. That's what it is. I don't mean to be beating this horse to death. I really don't. There's two groups of people here. One who believe me and ones who don't. As much as I've made a crazy fool of myself up here for you this morning, there's some of you who are sitting there and do not believe me. You don't. 
But that doesn't make you right. You're wrong. It's the question is when you're going to find out you're wrong. How much pain are you going to go through before you find out you need to be mature and exercise yourself unto godliness? How far you got to go? Dear one, get off your lazy spiritual posterior and get help. Get accountable. Get into this mature groove. Get in shape, exercising yourself spiritually. Come to, you can come to Gospel Baptist, God's gym. We even have a drill sergeant here at God's gym. But if you don't use it, it won't help you. Any, it won't help you. And the gym didn't fail because you didn't show up. Hello. The gym didn't fail because you didn't show up. No, it didn't fail. A lot of people want to criticize the gym, say, well, if they'd had, you know, nice music playing or something, I would have done, but no, stop it. If you, if you want to use it, you won't let anything stop you. By the grace of God, you're going to use it and grow. You see, tonight we're going to have some people come up here. Now, this is a men-only thing, and I appreciate it. You, some of you women can memorize Scripture better than we can, but we don't want you to embarrass us. Right? We don't want the women to come up here because they're going to be word perfect, and they'll make us look bad. So it's a men-only. And we, we don't have any limit on how, you know, as far as you need to be 18 years old or older, because we don't want to let the children get up here because they'll out-memorize us and make us look bad. So we don't let the women and children up here, but this is a male thing, okay? And I'm not saying you women shouldn't memorize Scripture. You ought to memorize Scripture, and your kids ought to memorize Scripture, and we do. But these men are going to get up here tonight, and some of them are going to stammer, stutter. About, it's all folks. But I admire them. I admire them. They're trying to create a groove. And boy, that's a wonderful thing. Listen, you get up here and stammer and stutter, make a fool of yourself. You can know this, that, that we are for, we mature people in this room are for you. We're for you. Tonight, Tom Cronin, 84-year-old man, going to get up here and quote a verse. We're going to have some 64-year-old man get up here and quote a verse tonight. I appreciate that. Let me, let me read this and quit. Verse 14. Strong meat belongeth to them that are full age, and even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised discernment, both good and evil. Father, help us tonight. This morning, I mean. Help us this morning. Anoint us with fresh oil. May the Spirit of God come. You said that ye being evil know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more should the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? And we're claiming that. We need your Holy Spirit to help us shake us out of the groove. We're in a bad, many people in this room in a bad groove, bad groove. Help us to shake ourselves and help them to get a hold of it, connect the dots, figure out how to get themselves going in another groove. Though it be painful, the first 40 days or so are going to be real painful, yet eventually when that groove is formed, woo, the benefits are wonderful. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, 
gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.